Hello and welcome to episode 36 of the Ignite Talks podcast. I've got Jace with me today. How are you? Going well, thanks, James. Yeah, How are you? Going? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. What's going on? Um, just, yeah, getting through the term. Yeah. Getting through it. Yeah, yeah. Where, where it feels like um, things are going swimmingly one moment and then yep. all of a sudden something happens and we're... Yeah, well, we're, just, just chatting to you, it seems... Like things are starting to get shaken up a bit, like they are probably most schools, to be honest with you. So, yeah. it, like I was saying, I'm glad it's not just our school feeling the ripple effects of moving and changes and everything. So, yeah, I think I think it's a pretty widespread effect yeah. at the moment. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, I'll start off with um, what are you watching on Netflix at the moment? Anything in particular? Yeah, at the moment we've just finished Stranger Things. Oh yeah? my partner. Yeah, yep. so we really enjoyed that. Um, Do you start from the start or like? Season four. Yeah, well, we were season by season. Yep. Um, and then when season four came out, I'm someone who needs to sort of have that recap. So I watched the last episode yep. of the previous season again, then got into season four. My partner's not really good with uh, things that are too scary either. Yep. So I think each season's gotten a bit more scary. I think it has too, because yeah. I was um, my brother, I was staying with him for a week in the holidays and him and his partner were wanting to watch something new too and I said oh watch Stranger Things they hadn't seen it either and they were like nah that's too scary and I was like nah the first season's not too scary it's more thriller but as it progresses it gets just a little bit more horror each season I think as the kids grow up so yeah yeah I think what drew us in was that sort of nostalgia first yeah, the, yeah, yeah. that sort of setting. did you binge the new season yeah yeah yep. we got through it pretty quickly yeah, yeah. that last episode's just so so long yeah I know we had, we had to split it up yeah. Um, but I think we still watched it. I think we yeah. set a bit of time each night aside. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah, all the episodes of the last season. They're all were about an hour long. and a half, and then that yeah. last one's about two and a half hours. I think. Yeah. So, sort of. I um I didn't realize that that was the last. I uh, actually I thought that this was the last season. So I was watching that last episode, mm. and I was like, "That's a really crap way to end the series." <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. then afterwards, I looked it up, and I was like, "Oh no, there's still another season." Yeah, in the I work, think they've so. got the season five yeah. as the last yeah. one of our uh, benchmark for. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, can't wait for that one. I think that'll be a little while yeah. yet, though. Are you reading anything at the moment? You read much? Uh, yeah, yeah, do a little bit of reading at the moment. I'm reading um, the Raymond Smith the Magician. Okay, bit of an older right. one. Um, I'm a fan of fantasy. Yep. Um, so yeah, reading that. That's my fiction choice at the moment. And then I've been, I've just bought Eddie Betts, the boy from oh, Boomerang Crescent. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Because yeah. I went to um, went to Kmart to try and find that because Kmart books are so cheap. Yeah. And yeah. They, they had none left. So Yeah, them and yeah. Big W are generally the ones I check first because yep. they're generally the cheapest. Yeah. But yeah, I went, um, I went out and bought it for my partner. On the first day it was yep. out, when it came out after school, and yeah, they she had some supporter or um, no, but she's just really fascinated by the yep. whole yeah. Any she's since pretty much um, yeah, Nadoc week she's yeah. been watching a lot of um, I guess reconciliation stuff on yeah. Netflix, Stan, all those um, subscription shows. But she's trying to do a bit more reading as well, yep. so she wanted really wanted to read the Eddie nah, Bird story. Be awesome. so, yeah, yeah, I've just started it. She loved it. She couldn't put it down. Yep. yep. So I'm really looking forward to so sharing that. the same book. Um, generally, yeah, well, I'll recommend something to her yeah. or she'll recommend something to, to me and we won't yeah. do it at the exact same time because unless we got a couple of copies. Yeah. I've, but, um, I've been reading a lot of just AFR biographies. Like I'm reading, I'm just about to finish Bob Murphy's one at the moment, which oh, was yeah. awesome. And read Chris yeah. Judd's a few months back as well. So yeah. yeah. How'd you find that? It was good. I, I enjoyed Chris Judd's one. Um, he's a pretty intelligent bloke, but, uh, some of his insights to the AFR, like he spoke about, um, the 
drug illicit drug policies that the AFL brought in because he was obviously still a player when they were bringing that mm. in after all the cousins stuff and he had a really interesting perspective on it as far as um, he isn't pro illicit drugs obviously but he thought the AFL's approach to it was more trying to fix the or stop the behavior or fix the behavior rather than fix the addiction so yeah, yeah okay. it was a really interesting perspective one that I'd never thought about or yeah. considered so yeah. yeah, I haven't read that one, but yeah, I'm the same. I've got uh, bought Marjak Dawes' biography. Yeah, well, I haven't started that yet, but that'll be next up. That'd be really interesting well. too, as far as like, because he was what the first Sudanese player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And refugee too. Is that right? Um, yeah, I'm not too sure on that one. I don't yeah. want to say yes or yeah. no, depending yeah. <laughs> on. <laughs> but yeah, no. I'll, when I find out, yeah. I'll let you know. It's just, yeah. I'm yeah. really looking forward to the book. Yeah. Um, um, any recommendations on like books, podcasts, movies, TV shows? Uh, books um, and Melissa and I Melissa next door teacher in grade 5, 6 as well we generally swap books or yep. talk books to each other and um, we've both read a book lately it was The Name of the Wind by Patrick Rothfuss which yep. is another fantasy book I really enjoyed it um, meant to be a trilogy but the first two have come out and it's been 10 years since the second one yeah and he still hasn't released the third one. He's sort so. of like um, George Martin with um, the Game yeah. of Thrones series. Yeah, yeah very <laughs> much he's, that. He's since brought out... I was talking to someone about that the other day. He's since brought out prequel books to the Game of Thrones. Is that right? Um, yeah. But yeah. he hasn't yeah. written the, uh, the finish of the actual yes, original. He hasn't finished the <laughs> series, no. Yeah. No, and it's the same with this guy as well. I think he's brought out a novella as well from the, yeah. the that world. But yeah, still no third book. Yeah. And it's been... Oh, it must be past 10 years now maybe yeah. 11 years I think yeah no, that's um, crazy yeah really enjoyed the first one and I did like um my historical fiction too the yeah. Tattooist of Auschwitz I really oh enjoyed. that was an awesome book yeah. wasn't it that gave me I had shivers reading that yeah like, it was pretty powerful yeah yep <laughs> yeah and I've got the the other two as well by Heather Morris um, I think it's Silka's Journey and yeah. Three Sisters was the other the yeah. newest one because when that um, Tattooist came out I had just read uh, Man's Search for Meaning Oh, by yeah. Victor Frankl and yeah. it was just coincidence that that had just come out and they obviously still got that Holocaust thing mm. running through it so yeah pretty powerful very very yeah. um, tell us a bit about yourself mate interests hobbies yeah I love my sport yep yeah big sport fan grew um, up playing grew up playing yep. yeah yeah uh, tennis footy cricket yeah um, yeah start even had a year or two playing a bit of just volleyball for fun oh basketball. yeah yep. um, just all at Traf- Trafalgar yeah. which is where I was growing up yep um, yeah just love sport all time how'd, how'd you find volleyball my my <laughs> sisters grew up playing volleyball and loved it yeah yeah so we um, joined it we actually got um, dragged into it by a friend one one day and said I'll oh, just come in and have a bit of a play around so we did yep. it's just a recreational season yeah. in Traff incredibly um, skillful sport though yeah isn't it? Like challenging and everything yeah, yeah very challenging um yeah very coordinated yeah um and not just for yourself but and what you want your team to do as well yeah being on the same page so it was a lot of fun yeah. Le- learned a fair bit um so i think yeah we had one or two seasons of yeah. that um it's not really a sport that people sort of get into well, as as a kid is it well we never learnt it or did much of it in high school or anything where we where it was probably the time where I got um, 
I guess, experimented with sports 3 PE and things yeah. at school in the curriculum there. So we did a lot of other sports like badminton and yep. table tennis, all um, sort of, I guess, more unique sports or not as, I guess, commercial sports. Yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, volleyball wasn't one of them. And then I probably enjoyed it more. So if I was going to go to the beach with family, yep. yeah, just have a bit of a muck around there. A bit there. of recreational sport more yeah. so than competitive, yeah? Yeah, yep. yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, still... Still play football, yep. um, and that's about it, really, in yeah. terms of sport, I think. Yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty hard. Like, when I, I find time, it's like, as you get older, you get less, you have less time to do those sort of things. Like, I remember growing up, I'd be the same, training, um, what, twice a week, games on a weekend, footy, soccer, and even then cricket and basketball through the seasons yep. as well, and... Now it's like, how, how did I ever manage to do all that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I yeah. certainly look forward to the off-season where there's just that time is opened up yeah. and it feels as if you've got all this time yeah, and to do. days back. Yeah. yeah, and even your weekends because like I know towards the end there when I stopped playing, it was like I'd play on a... I played soccer, so that was always a Sunday and it was always like, oh, great, got to get back up for work or uni or whatever the next day. See, I find that really challenging because, yep. well, now, especially as getting older, the, um, the next day I'm very sore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so working the next yeah. day after a game like that, yeah, yeah. it's not very appealing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, touching on work, how did you get into teaching? Um, yeah, it, was a, it wasn't a, a straight path yep. anyway from high school through to teaching. I'd... Started after high school, uh, went to uni to do study civil environmental engineering. Okay, um, was very maths focused, which I yep. liked um, at the time. Though probably wasn't the right choice for me to go do more school. I was probably overstudying at that yep. stage. Probably a gap year would have been good. So I um, stopped uni after six months and did a bit of labouring. Then got an apprenticeship as a carpenter, um, and it was probably during that time where I started really thinking, what do I really want to do? Yep. Um, did you finish your apprenticeship? Happy. No, I was got into my second year. So in my first year, had ups and downs. Yeah. Um, and then I was just in one of the down times, I was just thinking, oh, what is it that I really want to do? I actually yeah. just started thinking when I was happiest. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the ideas came to me that I was I was extremely happy in primary school. Yeah. Um, had a really good friendship group and also had some really good teachers yeah i was gonna say that must have been a pretty big influence on you the teachers that you had yeah there were some there that yeah to this day i still think yeah really enjoyed having them and they've probably um shaped a little bit of who i am anyway and so from there i thought that's what i wanted to do yeah any of them still teaching Um, or any of the ones you remember still yeah one one is um last time i uh well, last that I know, she was doing some CRT work at yep. some different schools. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd caught up with her um, a couple of years back, yep. and that was yeah interesting to see. Yeah. This is what she sort of envisioned me doing down the track. Yep. Or first, if she recognised me as well from when she yep. did. Did she recognise her? Um. Yeah. 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 Yep. Um. So yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah. And yeah. did did she ever think that you'd or she'd find yourself in teaching uh no no um she did think i'd be doing something like heavy focus in maths yep. um yeah because i loved that as a kid so um yeah teaching wasn't what came to mind yeah. for her anyway yep so yeah. you what was um what throwing up ideas about what you wanted to do and then just thought you'd just apply for uni yeah applied for uni um yeah, and if I didn't get accepted or whatever, I wouldn't be unhappy with still finishing my apprenticeship and yep. things. So, but there were some other options there um, through the apprenticeship. I didn't have to continue as a carpenter. I could have done um, 
another skill set there as well with glass and glazing. I was working at a company there for glass and glazing. Yep. Could have gone swap my apprenticeship over. So wasn't all doom and gloom if I did yeah. get into teaching. Yeah, had other options, had options still. available. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So you're going yep. to uni. Was that locally? Yeah, just out of Churchill. Yep. Yeah, out of Monash there. Um, yeah, one of the I think one of my last years at Monash was when it was no longer Monash as yeah, well. When yeah, when it was that transition period. Yeah, yep. yep. through the federation. So um, yeah, spent a bit of time out at Monash, um, and then just yeah, doing that. And um, how was it? How was it back at uni? Because you'd started the um, engineering sort of yep. math heavy focus subject, then moved away from it. Was it an easy transition back into studying? Yeah, it wasn't too bad actually. Um, there was oh, probably what happened as well in the first year. There was a maths unit um, of work just for some maths competency with yep. teaching and because oh, I yeah, really enjoy maths. So I was yeah. all over that, so I didn't really have to study too much for that. Yep. <laughs> that, that freed up my week a fair bit. Um, but yeah, the transition wasn't too bad. Started a new job as well, um, working at Woolies just as duty oh, manager. Yeah. So the um, timing of my shifts coincided with you yeah. as well. So yeah. it was a pretty good That's work the best life. part about having a part-time job with uni, isn't it? Like if you can get one where it's flexible around your uni days and study and everything, it's happy as gold. Yeah, certainly, certainly. And that's what I found. Like I'd either do weekend work or night work as well. Um, Sort of finishing between 10 o'clock and midnight and then be right to go the next day for uni or um, yeah, my studies, whatever was happening at the time. Yeah, so you finished up uni and then did you pick up a job straight away? Yeah, I was pretty fortunate at the time. Um, well, one of my final placements was at St. Kieran's um, in Maui. Yep. And at the time, they weren't looking for any um, teachers for the following year um, until really late. And that sort of, I guess, the opportunity sort of almost fell into my lap a little yep. bit there. Um, I was pretty fortunate there and um, yeah, had a good network of teachers who I still see to this yep. day as well catch up with occasionally so um yeah i was pretty fortunate in that yeah. regard yeah yep. so i what, didn't have to do have be too stressed about the whole um applying for jobs at yep. a range of different that, that's, schools that's a dream though isn't it like yeah yeah sort of already have that knowledge and that rapport with the school and then i'd assume the interview process would be a lot easier and you'd feel a lot calmer knowing the people on the panel and them knowing you as well yeah certainly certainly i think the whole process yeah was yep less stressful than it would be if you to go fresh yeah. faced out of uni too yeah and then even starting the that following year as a graduate teacher already knowing the school yeah knowing some of the students perhaps and yeah yep yeah. yeah, exactly um yeah and the, the staff as well who will be very helpful for yeah. me as well yep yeah. what was your first grade uh grade threes it was just a, straight grade threes yeah yep. straight grade threes um did you get yeah. much say in that uh, no, 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 that was, yeah, that was the last sort of class that was sort of earmarked for whoever was that was going to yep. be in that position. Um, yeah, straight grade threes, but very boy dominant as well. Yeah, yep. um, yeah th- looking back, it might have been um, starting off with maybe 25, can't remember yep. exact numbers, but I think there might have been six girls and the rest Jeez, of boys as yeah, well, yeah. Yep. Yep. That is heavy, isn't it? Yeah, especially around that age, I think, as yep. well. It's a pretty big transition Is that pretty consistent in that cohort, though? Um, like was it a pretty boy dominant cohort yeah yeah well that was the only grade three class oh, okay. the school had as well yep. um and then they had uh two four five six classes yeah, as well okay. so they were evened out a little bit more yep um either side as well grade one two was yep. also not as boy dominant but um generally the school itself was boy dominant too yeah um, overall but yeah my class just happened to be yeah very 
very boy dominant. Yeah. yeah. Do you have any memories of like the day or the night before your first day as like an official teacher? Yeah, it was pretty. Um, yeah, it was. Did you feel prepared? Well, I felt prepared, but I also did feel the sense of unprepared because I wasn't sure exactly of how yeah. that first day of me being a teacher would go. Um, I was really excited by it. I was nervous, and I know it was a pretty restless night at home. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, when the morning came, I just remember looking back on it, just how quickly it all went. Yeah. Yeah. Um, from welcoming students in, setting up, and um, having some fun getting to know them as well. Yeah. That whole first day, yeah, a bit of a blur with how quick it all yeah. went. Yeah. Do you think that helps? Because obviously that first day of school, no one, like, you do, do, you do some learning, but it's not like you're nitty-gritty stuff it's a lot of getting to know each other setting up your class routines and that do you think that helps with easing the nerves on first day of yeah being certainly yeah. certainly if you've got some yeah um good activities for the kids ready to go icebreakers yeah. and yeah um just that everyone can have some fun with yeah. for you to get to know them yeah um it certainly helped yeah certainly helped looking back on it i'm yeah very glad i got that advice um, yeah, first day, make sure yeah. you go in and because that's first impressions, you know, they say they count. So, yeah, they absolutely <laughs> do. How, how was yeah. your first year overall? Uh, first year overall was a pretty tough one. Yep. Um, yeah, it was up and down, uh, personal life and that as well. So, it was pretty, um, it was a pretty tough one in the sense that I'd some, there were times that I was sort of sitting back and after a day of work and thinking, okay, where do I go next? Yep. Um, in terms of how, um, some of the situations with some of the kids were pretty tough. Yep. Um, their relationships with each other were pretty tough as well yep. at the time. Um, or they were really high and really low, so there yep. were lots of waves. And it's, it's around that, I guess, year-level grade transition from grade two to yeah. grade three. A lot of the social-emotional it's learning a, comes out. It's a out. tough year, isn't it? Yeah. Like everything yeah. in the curriculum changes, and then, yeah, I think that really makes or breaks the student like, you don't want to think of any year level like that, but year three, the jump's so big, but yep. then also like they're almost expected to be more or take more responsibilities on and that sort of stuff. Yeah, they're a bit more independent. It's almost like they're losing a little bit of their sort of childhood yeah. almost going yep. to that next step. And that's the way I sort of look back on it now that, yeah, that grade two to grade three is a really big step, even though it may only be like one one year to like everyone, yep. everyone else just socially, emotionally, and with all the added yeah. um, curriculum, it is a big step to take. Yeah. 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 So I found that um, challenging. Um, and being the only straight grade three teacher as well, yeah. um, I didn't have a lot that I could bounce ideas off yeah. plan with at the same time as well. So that was pretty challenging. Um, but again, I thought probably, it was probably by about this time, term three, where I was really thinking, oh, um, it's, is this for me? Yeah. The teaching caper. Um, and then I've just through some conversations and things from other staff and at the school. Um, yeah, they sort of reinforced that, yeah, I was doing a good job. Yep. Um, which I, I think you can also be your own harshest critic at times. Oh, absolutely. Every, so, I think everyone's <laughs> their own harshest critic, you know. Yeah. But yeah. You're, at the same time, when you go and seek that sort of feedback, you want them to tell you, all right, you're doing a good job to boost your morale, but you also want them to be like, oh, maybe you could improve here or have yeah. you thought about doing this or what, whatnot? Yeah, and I was getting that advice back, so that was really helpful. Um, and yeah, from probably that point, um, it, that year became easier too. Yeah, yep. yeah, yep. so finished on a bit of a high 
um, at the end of the grade three year. And maybe we're wrong, their kids there um, being my first year teaching. Um, yeah, kids, yeah, I built a great report with. Yeah. Um, I taught a lot of them again later on. Yeah. Um, and yeah, a lot of, a lot of really good kids yeah. there. How, how yeah. did, like, because I'm not sure um, what it's like in the private system, but as far as, like, did you still have a mentor teacher that year? Like, is the graduate program similar from state to private schools? Yeah, it is a little bit similar. Um, still had a mentor teacher I'd check in with. Yep. Um, yeah, pretty regularly. Um, both grade four, five, six teachers I'd actually um, build a pretty good rapport with the previous years with yeah. placement and things yep. like that. So, um, yeah, one was still a mentor teacher and another was um, pretty much an unofficial mentor yep. teacher, I guess, really. Um, Just still in that support network for yeah. yourself. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, yeah, they were both really helpful. Yeah. Um, especially with some of the, I guess, unit planning or whole term focus planning yeah. we were looking at with um, some of the different curriculum areas. Yeah. So I could align my planning with theirs too. Yeah. That was, yeah, pretty helpful. Yeah. Any standout moments from that first year? Like any standout highlights? Um, I'd have to say some, some of the um, sports days and just... It's not just the sports days, but the chances where the kids got to dress up. Yeah, yeah. That, that's <laughs> just exactly sort of, my memories of my first year Yeah, too. it just yeah. blew me away how much um, effort some... I'll, I'll, I'd say almost all the kids went to yeah. and families went to and sports days and book week and book all weeks, those yeah. things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really... Um, yeah, it sort of just blew my mind. Yeah, that, yeah. Well, there's all these. Do you enjoy getting around like book week and those sort of yeah, I do dress up days. Yeah, I do. Yeah, um, yeah. It's interesting this year because I've got another child coming soon. It's yeah. pretty much falling around book week, so I don't know if I'm. I've got an outfit sort of planned and prepared, yeah. but I don't know if I'm going to be able to action it or, yeah. or well, not. Totally. Yeah. Is that next week for you guys as well? Or? Next Friday, maybe. Okay. Yeah. 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 Might be cutting yeah. it close. You might have to go to the hospital <laughs> in your book week costume. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be strange. Yeah. <laughs> Get a few weird looks, I would imagine. Uh, so, how long were you at um, St. Kieran's? Uh, so I did three full years there. Yep. Um, and then one year where I was, um, it was sort of like a, I was working at two different schools. I was only at St. Kieran's for point one, so one day a fortnight. Yep. Um, working with another teacher in a, uh, just replacing her for one day a week there. Uh, one day a fortnight, sorry, in yep. the other um, time I was working at Willow Grove yep. um, for that fortnight. So I did another um, two years at St. Kieran's in the five, six classes after my year three. Um, and then, yeah, my last year um, out there, I was there one day. Yeah, how, how did that come about? I was, it wasn't an ongoing position yet. Yeah. Um, and due to numbers and things like that, it sent Kieran. So I was the only non-contracted teacher there. Okay. So I'd um, be the one who'd have to move on. Yep. Um, which, yeah, was no issue or anything still. Um Yes, they were happy to retain me for that day as well, yeah. which was all they probably could for that time. Yep. Um, but yeah, I was fortunate enough to um, find another position out at Willow Grove. Yeah. Yeah, for a year, which, actually, which built, helped build up some of my understanding of yep. what happens in other classes too, because I just wasn't a set classroom teacher. I was in a different role yep. out there. So, so that was. So the, um, out there at, well, at Willow Grove, yep. you say, is that, that's the state school, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. How, how'd you go juggling or transitioning from private to state yeah is there much difference in like day-to-day yeah stuff? i i think well at the time some of the private school stuff was building up to what 
was happening out at Willow Grove yeah. as well. But so I had to sort of build my knowledge of um, some ways that they went about teaching out there. Their um, instructional model yeah. um, was all slightly different from what I'd known before. So, yeah. um, so that was a good learning curve. Yeah. Um, and I was sort of able to utilise what I'd sort of already picked up. Yeah. Um, particularly saying like values education and things like that. Yeah. Um, relationship building in the private sector, they do a really good job with their values. Yep. education so tying that into what I'd already picked up from that and then the instructional model and work transferring and transferring and it to the state stuff yeah. Anyways, yeah. it's all yeah. teaching at the end of the day too though isn't it like yeah, when it you're in the classroom regardless as to what curriculum you're teaching it's still all just teaching though isn't yeah. it yeah. Yeah. yeah and a large part of that is how you make the kids feel yeah so, big time yeah. Yeah. yeah so did you eventually transition out to Willow Grove full time yeah that, I was there well it was a two year contract okay um and then because of the stage of my life, I was trying to look for some ongoing work. Yeah. Um, and then, so I was out there. I was going to stay there the two years. And then at the end of that first year, there was some ongoing work around Glengarry. And that's okay. when, yeah, I applied yep. um, and was successful then. So, um, yeah, I was only out at Willow Grove for one year. And then, yeah, so that was last year at St. Kieran's as well. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And then you came here to, to Glengarry? To Glen, yeah, in yep. 2019. And... Yeah, been straight in a five six Since classroom then. then. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Remember the the first year, yeah, being out here, going from. I remember having, I think, one year I started off with fifteen kids in the private school in St Kieran's. Both five six classes had fifteen kids in each, and well, that's yeah, a small, it was. I know that's a small <laughs> senior class. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, and it was. Um, yeah, it's. Having like a few days this year where there's been absences and things taking it down to 15, you certainly notice a difference from yeah. just 21 kids. Oh, absolutely. So that was, yeah, going from, say, 26 to 15. Yeah. Yeah, there was a whole lot that was, that was different yeah. with that. But then, yeah, coming to Glen in the first year, there was 32. Um, Jeez. Yeah, 32 in both five, six classrooms for both Melissa and myself. So, um, yeah, that was certainly... Pose its own, yeah. own challenges, yeah. even just for setting up the room. And yeah, like because like these these rooms aren't the biggest rooms. Like the old, what what would this have been like? The old chapel or something? Yeah, old, the hundred and hundred and thirty two years old now, maybe. Yeah. So like they're yeah. not overly big classrooms, especially for five sixes that yeah. come in as what relatively small year fives or year fours, and then by the end of the year or end of the two years, they're here. They're giants. <laughs> yeah, well, the first year we were out here, we had a, the year sixes out here were started off pretty big. They yep. were a large, large Something cohort. water out here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, there was, they certainly yeah, challenged us with even just, yeah, setting arrangements, classroom positioning, all that yeah. sort of stuff was certainly a challenge and looking back on it. Even now, with having, say, 21, thinking, oh, how, did, how do we fit so many kids in? Yeah. But you just make it work. Because I, I had 32 in my first year, and I remember... The biggest challenge was trying to make sure you got to every student in yeah. like at the start I was like I need to make sure I get to every student in every lesson every day but then after about the first term I was like that's <laughs> just not, not realistic yeah, so not if I could get to every student in the week for writing yeah. that was more realistic yeah, yeah. have you found the I same was very similar yeah very similar started off trying to yeah, get to everyone um, and then was sort of thinking, oh, why isn't this working? What am I doing? Um, and then just after, yeah, I was, yeah, after, 
I think, yeah, it took me... I just didn't think it was going to work. Yeah. <laughs> I thought there's no way I can try and um, get to where I want to be as quick as I want to be. Yeah. Um, so then that's when I thought, oh, I've got to just check in yeah. once a week. Um, small groups, guided groups, all one-on-one yeah. conferring. Yep. Um, yeah, with kids just to check in and see how we're going and give them some feedback along the way. That's, so a, massive, that's a massive jump from like one year of having 15 mm. to 32. That's yeah. more than double. Yep. That's crazy. Yeah, and then you're thinking about it like logistically as well. You've got twice as much time you could essentially spend with yep. those kids yeah. as well. But so, even all the extra stuff like reports and like um, conferencing and those sort of things that you can just do so much more when the class is smaller, obviously. Yeah, yeah I certainly notice the time difference when you've got to write 32 reports yeah. as opposed to say even this semester, last semester going to write 21 and just the time, yeah. it's, it's noticeable. Even the, the quality, like you, you don't want to admit that you're probably trying to do them faster, which then obviously impacts the quality of the overall report or the comment at least, I guess. Yeah, and it's a lengthy process anyway because you want them to be able to be personalised yep. and you want to have them meaningful as well. But like I'm thinking about this again numbers-wise, it's an extra 50% of my time that I yep. would have been doing with 21 kids that I yeah. have to add on top of that to get those 32 done. Yeah. And so in report writing is a lengthy process anyway regardless of yeah. how many kids you've got. So yeah, there's definitely that added stressor of time constraints yep. there too have you what what are like coming to glengarry what were some of the challenges i guess transitioning to a more country school i guess um there wasn't too big a difference from say willow grove to glengarry because willow grove is certainly um a country school as yep. well small um rural school um it's so there was some i guess similarities there the biggest probably challenge for, for me is well was probably getting to know a bit more about the Glengarry community and then incorporating yeah. some of what I'm talking about in the classroom with that. Yeah. Um, and just getting to know what the kids do in their day-to-day, yeah. weekend life. Yeah. Um, not just them, but their families and try to build that. Yeah, because there's really a big quickly. community school out here, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, certainly is, and found that pretty much since the beginning. Since yeah. I've been out here, it's yeah, very community orientated, yep. um, community based. I know they used and COVID's probably impacted that a little bit as well. Yep. Um, but used to do a lot of lot of work with other businesses and things in yeah. the community too. Yep. So you yeah. said you um, had a real interest and in probably skill and um, talent, for lack of a better term, in mathematics. Um, how, how have you found teaching that? Because obviously teaching fight or being good at it and teaching it's two very different things and then trying to teach a year six who say working at almost a year seven equivalent yeah 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 no i've um i've certainly altered how i perceived it to be taught since i started yeah um i thought yeah uh, maths beauty i was really good at it primary school maths i loved it i'll be able to um follow that uh, enthusiasm through yep. to the kids and they'll be able to pick up absolutely everything I teach. Yeah. Um, but yeah, That's soon, soon found out. In theory, was, it yeah. should work. <laughs> yeah, certainly, yep. uh, yeah, it wasn't the case. So um, I, I do admit that, yeah, I, um, because I was probably a more abstract thinker as well, I didn't, yep. from memory, I didn't use too many concrete materials and yep. things like that. Um, I needed to, develop my understanding of how to teach using concrete yeah. materials and be more confident with that 
um, I still feel as if I'm more confident teaching the abstract as well. Yeah. Um, so for those kids who can pick that up, that's great. But the others who can't, yeah, that's where I really need to focus and yeah, um, like that intervention. Yeah, intervention and even just even the mainstream as well. When there's some concrete materials that may be useful as well, how can I incorporate them yeah. to help the kids who aren't quite getting the abstract or aren't who aren't ready yeah. for that abstract? But even trying as well. to teach kids how to use the concrete materials can be a challenge as well. It's, yeah, even like grade five, six, still got, we say, for example, we had the MAB out as well the other day and there was still some kids there who started doing their work, using it well. And then I've got to sometimes remember that they are grade five, sixes and not not full adults or anything, but they started like say building with them and things like yeah. that. So I've got to, <laughs> Got to sort of pull myself yeah. in a little bit from time to time and remember yeah. that they are, yeah, these are just kids, but yeah. we still have expectations and things like that. Yes, because yeah. I, I was all right at maths in school too, and I remember that was sort of my thinking going in as well, because I taught year fives and I thought, oh, well, I can just teach them how I learnt it, but not every kid learns like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I remember doing a lot of rote learning, um, which I picked up and memorised pretty quickly, yeah. and then was able to use those for other elements in maths yeah. too. So, um, so, yeah, certainly different teaching it today. Yeah. Than, yeah than Would you say maths is probably one of the more favourable areas of teaching for yourself? Um, yeah, maths and reading, I'd say. Yeah. Reading, yeah, I do enjoy um, that as well. Um, I think reading gives people a... It always gives them a say in what they can choose to be yeah. reading with their interests. So, yeah. I like that personal interest part of yeah. reading. Yeah. Um, maths do try and incorporate things they're interested in, but with every topic in maths, it's hard to do that with everyone in the class. Yeah. So, yep. And yeah. especially if you're not like trying to build word problems and that. I guess like when you're going into word problems and open-ended tasks and those sort of things, you can personalise a bit more yeah. to the class's interests. But when it's I don't know, like trying to teach understanding of fractions or yeah. um, equivalent fractions or whatever you're yeah. teaching. It's, yeah. A strategy or, <clears throat> sorry, a strategy or something like that I find, yeah. Not, I'm probably a bit more bland, but I remember that's how I learned it. And yeah, I remember, I, yeah, well, I did fine, so we should all be able to do fine. Yeah. That's probably my thinking behind some of it, but yeah. I know that's not the case. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I found the kids in here when they, um, say a word a problem comes up and it's personalised and things they really engage really interested in yeah. it I've had, I've had yeah, kids ask for more worded problems because yeah. they yeah, want to either practice that skill in a different way or really try and unpack what's being asked yeah. there so that real life learning probably yeah. applies to them and that's where they really want to learn more about yeah. I guess yeah do you, do you think 5-6 is a sweet spot for yourself? yeah I do like 5-6 having said that I've say taught in a classroom um days at a time and things for say prep all the way through to grade five six and yeah i didn't think that i'd be able to say teach or have the patience i guess to teach yeah. prep. a lot of people say they don't have the patience for prep yeah yeah but i think that's probably just my own preconceived thoughts of yeah absolutely. holding myself back a bit from yep. but if whether or not the case arises i'd be more than happy to as well um i do feel comfortable with grade five six yeah um but i'm sure that if the case was to be that I'd be in a different classroom, yeah, I'd be comfortable with that yeah. as well. Yeah, and you sound sounds like just talking to you and Melissa as well. You've worked together long enough and have a really good sort of connection as a team together as well. Yeah, yeah, we've worked side by side since grade oh, all five six in four years now yeah. almost. Yeah, since yep. twenty nineteen. 
um, yeah, it was both our first years over here yeah. then. So, yeah, there's been a, a lot happened in those years. Yep, with um, COVID and everything. Yeah, yeah. Even managing, say, 62 what, grade yeah. five sixes together as well in our first year and five six working yeah. together as well was... Was that both your first years in the five sixes? Um, yeah, so well, here it was for Melissa. I don't know if she's taught five six in the past, but she was... Um, the first time teaching it here. Yeah, here, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I remember coming across in the first day meeting Melissa and chatting to her and getting to know a little bit more about her. Then it was yep. all pretty natural, I think. Yeah. And yeah, we've struck up a pretty good partnership since yep. then. Yeah. How how did you guys go through the remote learning periods? Yeah, I think we managed it pretty well. I think um, a lot, lot of technology. Yep. Um, and we trialled a fair few things differently with the technology since when Melissa would have some ideas or I'd have some ideas and we were able to trial some of those yep. things um, in a different classroom forum. Was there particular platforms you guys were using out here at Yeah, Glenn? so we um, uh, started off um, with some online meetings um, through Zoom, yep. and then we the five sixes got together and started using Microsoft Teams. Yeah, um, yeah, and really got that up and running, um, and developed that and our use of it for the eighteen months or however long we were yeah yep. on and off for remote learning, um, and found that pretty effective. Yeah, um, was good to set up with uh, meeting the kids. Um, one-to-ones and also the small group stuff yeah. where I would have yep. really do a fair bit of that. But again, same thing with technology. You just don't know how many is going to be there, how many yeah. going to be on. And even access to it, you know, as well. Especially because we've got families and things like um, ranging around the area, of course. And yeah, like a big farming community yeah. and those sort of, yeah. Yeah, there'd be families out at Turn Gabby and things who may not have the best reception and things yep. at times as well. So even making phone calls to them would be challenging. Yeah. Um, so them jumping online and things was can be yep. well even more challenging than that. So. But even trying to just make sure that that student that is say in Turn Gabby, making sure that not only are they doing their work, but are they are they doing all right? Is their well being being managed? That's the biggest thing. Well being side of it, yeah, was huge. Yeah. Huge. A lot of the check ins we try and check in one on one with students who weren't coping all that well yeah and you know you're trying to be there as much as you can and offering them advice and things but ultimately you know you're not physically there with them to be able yeah. to yeah i guess console them in a sort of way that yeah they're feeling better about things and that like they might not even have or how to don't know how to open up and whatnot on through a screen you know because there's obviously that person will loss of connection yeah 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 and then there'd be times when we'd have students with cameras off so you wouldn't yeah. know if they're yeah really there or um tuned in yeah um which was another challenge in itself the whole yeah. technology thing as well was a bit of a challenge with um yeah it's emotional regulation like yeah. you were saying recognizing um even when, when it say if it was your turn to talk or one of the kids turns to talk not butting in over the top yeah. of each other was more challenging than what you could control yeah. in a classroom environment. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it all, all, I guess, added to a bit of the fun and of what even, remote learning was. Even like right at the start when Teams was still a relatively new platform, even Teams trying to, or Microsoft trying to fix their bugs on their end, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's completely different Teams now from what yeah, it was. Have, have you guys still been using Teams and sort of those platforms and, digital technologies that you've used in remote learning? Yeah, I've we used a few different digital technology programs with 
remote learning and portals like um, ClickView we used a little bit yep. of. Um, and we still use that in the classroom. Teams both classes have set up. Yep. Um, probably don't use it as much as what I potentially think we could be using it, um, especially with some of the digital technology work that people yeah. are doing and submitting it and yep. things like that and giving feedback through that. Um, but that's just a, probably another thing we need to try and juggle and see where it all fits yeah. and get it working to yep. s- how I want it to. Well, now that I guess things are returning back to some normality, as far as in the classroom, it's about incorporating or intertwining digital technology through the classroom still. And it is going to be such a big part of their lives in the future. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, that digital literacy is really important. So yeah. how to best incorporate it um, still yeah trying to work out what to include what to sort of push aside and yeah um have for later on or not use but um yeah there's still a bit of thinking space for that now how to incorporate it back in the classroom touching on the students um or how as a teacher um remote learning was but how was it for yourself did you feel the workload shoot up um yeah i did initially definitely um we just had a um we had a young uh, child at that stage as well so yeah. was born the start of you know last year sort of midway through COVID I guess and yeah start of 2021 so the first year um the workload yeah notice it was a lot um Melissa and I had both been in front of the screens for long hours yeah. of the day um and it probably wasn't until we started doing some well-being work with the school that we sort of realized that it's probably not sustainable yeah just because we weren't even I guess scheduling ourselves to have breaks like we normally would in the school environment that yep. it just be we want to meet with kids be as accessible to kids as possible as yep. well whenever they've got some issues yeah. be there for them if they're sending us chat messages things like that yeah. helping them out um, so yeah you could easily spend a day just staring at the computer and yep. not doing anything outside of that outside yeah, yeah. So you're still working would you say you're still working say that 8.30 till 3.30 but just without the breaks in, yeah. in between through yeah, the day. Yeah, 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 certainly. Certainly yeah. setting it all up and, yeah, that, especially that, particularly that first year. Um, and I think with some of the things that we wanted to try and implement as we got more accustomed to remote learning as well, we had to change that in our teaching yeah. and how we were delivering that yeah. as well. So that added some time to get used yeah. to as well. Yeah, for sure. Then there's that recording of lessons, recording of modelling and things, yeah. which take time as well. Which at the beginning I wasn't too good at either. <laughs> Neither. I'd I'd find myself doing like thirty takes of a thirty second video. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or I'd do a read through of something and it'd be a five minute one. Then I'd yeah. realise me my microphone was off. Or, yeah. yeah, There was one <laughs> yeah. I I did one and it would have been like the twentieth take I did. And I remember I nailed it. Like I everything I explained was how I wanted it to come out. And then right at the end I sneezed and I was oh. like. I'm so over this. I'm just going to submit it. <laughs> they yeah. can watch it and yeah. they can just listen to me sneeze at the end. <laughs> yeah. Um, what about Glenn? Like, how, how did... Let's go back to how you got on to Glengarry. Did you come have a look at the school? Yeah. Was there a particular reason when that job popped up that you thought I could see myself working there? Yeah, I did come and have a look at the school. Yep. Um, came out and Julie Telford, who had just started being... Um, the uh, assistant principal out here gave me a bit of a walkthrough yep. and I'd heard about some things before so I knew about they did the a lot of work with Bushy's Bakery around yep. Easter 
Um, I'd heard about their kitchen garden program as yep. well, just through word of mouth. So, um, yeah, came out and had a bit of a look at the school. Um, Brendan, who was this principal out at Willow Grove, was also coming out here as well. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, he said, oh, there's some positions opening. Go check it out. See yep. what you think. And if you're thinking it's a good fit, yeah, then apply. Because they're pretty well known for that community sort of vibe out, out here. Like you were mentioning the Bushies back in the day when they were still operating. They had a pretty good partnership with mm. the school by the sounds of it and the community garden and the um, kitchen gardens and everything. So, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, they do. So I remember they've got a few different, um, oh, how would you say it, um, community groups and things in. So at the moment we've also got um, some calves, a carving project happening Oh, really? Oh, well. yeah. They're, yeah. Um, Link and Chelsea. Um, yeah, they're just around the side of the kitchen garden area as well. Do the kids and, name them? Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> How they come up like Chelsea? That's such a like a child name. Yeah, I you think. Know, um, human name. <laughs> yeah, the, th- the three fours would be the ones to ask about that one. Um, yeah. We do have, um, yeah, Link and Chelsea are Link brother and, and sister Ch- as well. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so the three fours have the story for that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and there's been some other things like bike groups and stuff come out, yeah. um, gym groups, um, we've had, yeah, footy groups come out and do a, a fair bit as well. Yeah. Um, a lot of active groups. Yeah. Um, Eudora, who's our PA specialist, does a great job in getting a lot of the communities, yep. community groups, like, sorry, to come out and um, either run a session or try and build up their interest yeah. to some of the kids or some of those things. Yep. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's really noticeable. And What's, they do like a master yeah. chef as well with the ingredients oh, do they? and things. Yep. Yeah. Um, from kitchen garden so it, yeah it is a I guess it's a really I think we're fairly privileged to have, yeah. have that going on but it is also a lot of hard work by a lot of the staff yeah. too that they do oh, a really absolutely. good job with let's go back to the um, Lincoln Chelsea what's the story behind that um, I'm not privy to a lot of it I know um, I was talking to Sandra one of the AS the other day about it and they were saying well we've got Link who's a grade 4 yeah um, and his sister used to be at our school. Okay. Um, is Chelsea. She's a, um, she's, yeah, she should be in year, year nine maybe now. Yep. Um, and I'm not too sure how that's, how, how it all started coming up with, um, with Link being able to name it. But yeah, one of the students in okay. grade four, yeah, yep. Lincoln or Link. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm not too sure how it sort of started. But yeah, our ES Sandra knows the full story. Yep. So. And the story around, or what, what's the purpose around having the calves? What's the connection there? Um, it's a, it's a, they're doing, we're doing a bit of a whole school project on um, a bit more of the environmental impacts and things around farming. So okay. um, they're looking at, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Jody Saunders and Eudora, uh, who run our kitchen garden program. We're looking, we've done it in the past as well. Um, I, think, I think it might have been last year. Um, because it is such a farming community, yep. um, tying in with some of the interests of the kids and their yeah. families outside yep. and giving those kids who don't have <clears throat> access to that some real life experience yeah. with it as well. So will, like, eventually when the calves grow up and whatnot, will they be milked and will that milk be used to make like products? or? Yeah, so they'll go back um, to a farm. So we've had them donated. Okay. Um, and so they'll go back yeah, to their farm and just reintegrate with that okay um just gives the kids a really good understanding of what happens yep. from early life through to yeah yep. so the um yeah. project's finishing up i think they've got another couple of weeks for to do yep. it just watching the calves grow and their diets and things i was like gonna that say well. do the kids have much responsibility as far as looking after 
the calves? Like, I don't, I don't know, yeah, I don't know yeah. how you look after the calf. Yeah, so um, each class will have spec- a specified time during specialists to go and spend some time with them, investigate some questions that Eudora will have for them. And, yep. um, and then also just be with them and notice what they do. Yeah. A bit of hands-on activities, cleaning up areas. Yep. Um, just handling the day-to-day of... That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really good experience. Um, yep. The kids really certainly look forward to going over yeah. there and helping out. Plus, there's recess and lunch where um, Eudora will say or make an announcement where if any kids are interested in coming over and doing this, and they're more than welcome to. Yep. Yeah. And the calves don't get startled by all the... Ruckus no, they're there. unreal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, very calm. Um, yeah, it's it's always funny. I'd, one of the kids came back the other day and said was saying, "Oh, how weird it was when one of the um, cars was chewing on their finger." So, <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> Imagine that, like a kid going home. Oh, what did you do at school today? Oh, calf just yeah, chewed on yeah. my finger. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, and the other kids sort of were, yeah, sort of getting around them and asking how it felt. And yeah, so that was a real, yeah, real warm experience. I think it was just nice to see, yeah, yeah, yeah building a bit of interaction and positivity yeah. around it all, a bit so, of engagement. Yeah, we've spoken about like all the wonderful things that are going on at school, but that obviously um, has implications behind the scenes as far as workload and all that sort of stuff, which can be pretty full on at times um you were saying earlier it's uh, been a busy term already especially for your personal life but how, how do you switch off from from work and school and life of, as a teacher um yeah it's pretty tricky we've done a fair few um, professional development sessions and professional learning about our well-being and yep. what to do um so teaching isn't just an all-consuming yeah uh, time for yourself i know that i feel better if i do any physical activity sport and things so this was pretty big during remote learning like I had to go out and do something go for a run or um, yeah even just go for a bit of a kick of the footy or a bit of a hit of a tennis ball against the wall do something Um, so when I can I'll do some physical activity I always check in with family when I get home now I've got the young one there um, and I have heavily pregnant partners so we take a bit of time to connect as well and I'll switch into dad mode pretty much as soon as I get home that must be so good that must be the best thing yeah it's a pretty cool feeling yeah Um, yeah and I guess coming back from Glengarry to where I live it's about half an hour drive so I've got a bit of time to unwind yeah um, in the car if it's been a rough day at work or even if it's been a really good day at work um, it gives me a chance just to even out when I get home yeah reflect on parts of the day yeah and then yep. just be really present when i get home anyway yep. so can be challenging at different times especially um i guess lately there's been and i think across the schools there's been a lot of either sickness or um for whatever reason um staff um absences so yeah. and i'm no different to that so i've also been doing a lot more reading yeah probably notice at the start of end of end of COVID last year I reckon yep. um, I've picked up reading a lot more again and for my own mental well-being I try yeah. to read every day especially if you're reading like fantasy sort mm. of stuff like that can be a real good escape for the mind as well yeah it certainly is certainly is and I do enjoy I've always yeah. enjoyed fantasy so yep. um, pretty much from I was I remember grade 6 I was reading The Hobbit so I've just loved that, yeah. that sort of genre yep. pretty much since then um, even before then there was yeah, um, Del Toro Quest Emily Ryder um, oh, they which, were awesome. Yeah, I, I remember them I coming out. I think they out. started coming out as I was in primary school. Yeah. And they were the hottest books on the shelf. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, Goosebumps definitely stopped yeah. getting picked up off the shelf when Del Toro Quest came up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was a massive Goosebump fan yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, Del Toro Quest was, yeah, yeah pretty quickly after that. So there's, um, a, there's a coffee shop in Trialgan. Sorry to cut you off. There's a coffee shop in Trialgan. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, Bodie and their coffee shop, but they also have a whole heap of um, secondhand books in there. Mm, and yeah. I was just looking on the shelf the other week and they had a near full collection of Animorphs. Did you ever wow. read Animorphs? I never read Animorphs. I'd always looked at the covers and thought they yeah. were cool. Yeah. <laughs> <But> yeah, the covers <laughs> were the most exciting part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but yeah. I've never, never read them actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I haven't heard... There'd be some kids here who'd actually be interested in animals, yeah. but I, yeah, I haven't thought about that book yeah. series for a while because <laughs> yeah. it was a TV show as well. But um, so, what's next for you, mate? Sounds like you're in a really good spot uh, professionally and personally. Yeah, yeah. So we've got the birth of the second child coming up any time between now and yeah. whenever. It's due dates in less than two weeks. So um, preparing for that, we'll have a bit of time just to connect. And really just, I guess, entrench some things in family yep. life over the next little while after the little one's born. Yep. So you take a couple of weeks off. Yeah. Yep. yep probably, well, with a new agreement, I think it's up to four weeks now oh, for okay. partners. Yep. Um, so that'll be really nicely, depending on when the baby's born and there's school holidays too. Yeah. So that'll be a really nice time. I noticed with um, my first child, I'd had the week from school and then... Um, separated because it was born he was born in school holidays so okay. it was nice that i could just chill with him during yeah. school holidays go back to school for a bit take a week here and yeah that was really nice so yeah um yeah family life will be um busier busier yeah, for sure. but looking forward to it a yeah. lot um yeah no i do it's yeah do really enjoy being a dad so be challenging having two under two yep so we've just done a lot of work at home as well yeah trying to get the house prepared and both aware of my partner and myself mentally prepared for yeah. what's to yeah. come as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, we'll, I'm not, we'll come back term four and um, finish off the year strongly here. Yeah. I'm looking forward to, yeah, finish. Great bunch of kids in this cohort, yeah. grade five, six. So really looking forward to helping them before yeah. they transition. And, and you'll probably have most of those fives again if you happen to stay in the five sixes. Yeah. Yep. So between whoever's in five, six next year, um, yeah, there'll be another bunch of really good grade fives coming up. Yeah. You'll look to take that leadership that must, role. Because like, I've always worked in straight year levels, but composites must be really good in that sense that you almost get two years with some of the kids. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And some of, some of that's pretty special as well. Yeah. Um, you can certainly build a lot more um, on what you already know about a kid in the second yep. year and even build that relationship closer to, yeah. which is pretty special. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, thank, thanks for coming on, mate. It's been great to have a chat, hear a bit more about your story and how you got into teaching and all the rest of it. But, yeah, thank you. No worries at all, James. Thanks very much for having me.